Hey, everybody. This is Andy Marquette. I am joined by my colleague and friend, Joe Bell. We are Women in Words, which is the Women in Words blog site, womenwords.org, where we talk to you about all the shit that was on the blog, but we always wander off somewhere else and talk about other shit. So there you go. Welcome aboard. Hi, Joe. How's, how's, how's your week been? What have you been doing? I have had a week. It's been a good week. I've enjoyed the week. How about you? Yes. <laughs> it's been super, super busy. But I don't know. It's been fun, fun busy. Yeah, which is always better than just busy. I've right? had a bunch of like family time. Yeah, I'd much rather have fun busy than just busy busy. And I went to the chiropractor a couple of times again this week. Because How, how's how are things with that? How are you doing? It's it was it was I went on Wednesday, and because it was you know giving me a little twinge, and you know by. Thursday it hurt even more so I went back Thursday and I'm telling you the difference was it was two mm -hmm, different two mm -hmm. different two different doctors and the second doctor was the guy that I saw the very first time and I I'm madly in love with this dude he makes me very happy yeah isn't he the the Asian guy yeah you were talking about yeah I I want him to have my babies I feel um, like I know awkward I right that's a little awkward. I'm not sure. What to, I'm gonna. I'll just. I'm over here drinking whiskey, and that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so tomorrow we are taking our children to the family fun festival. It, what is this? Tell I, me, what is I this? have no family idea. Tara, festival. Tara saw a sign, and we are going. <laughs> that's what I know about it. Every oh, okay. Every week she has some new little thing that she wants us to run off and do, and I love it. We do lots of stuff. Last week we did um, tie-dye t-shirts with the kids. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. So did you make awesome t-shirts? Of course. Why did you not send me fucking pictures of these awesome t-shirts? I don't send you fucking pictures of anything, really. I know. Why did you not do that? What the hell? Because we could post those. It would be so awesome. Every time I try to use the camera on my phone, I'm reminded how much of an idiot I am. <laughs> I have officially, like, you know, <laughs> aged out or whatever. <laughs> um, it's just... Um, Joe, you are... Did you... I mean, you were on a smartphone. You went back to a flip phone. Are you back on a smartphone now? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been for a, a couple of years. I I have been since the okay. trip when Louisiana killed my cell, my cell phone. After that, I went back to That's a smartphone. That's right. Yeah. So... What, you could ask Noah to help you with oh, your but cell phone. You just don't even understand what happens when I invite my children. I, that's uh, no. That's no, opening no, a door that. that I need Tara to then. not open. And no, that's Tara a door then. I need to not open too. You've met Tara. Shit. She would, you know, just. Okay, here's what we'll do I'll just come out and visit, and Kay. I'll show you. How's that? Hey, it won't take. I mean, you're welcome to come visit, but I ain't going <laughs> to remember any of it, so there's that. <laughs> It's not like I have a dear listener. Andy has actually visited Joe. Uh, more than once. We had, a, we, we had a super good time. We got those really excellent deliciousness tacos. Or yeah, we went to Woody's. Yeah. Tamales. No, there were tamales. Do we, those were good. We went to, for tamales too. I know we went for tacos at Woody's. We did go to tacos, but we went to that um, that grocery store. We got tamales and oh, they fucking my yeah. socks off. So good. The little the little uh, Mexican market. Yes. Where yes. the people who work there, none of them speak English, and yet they manage to give mm -hmm. you the best food ever and exactly mm -hmm. what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Those tamales were off the chain delish. Yes. So, dear listener, if you are in the Portland area and you want some good tamales, let me know. So, it's a storefront. You can actually get it. I have a, a, a tamale person that I get mine from now. But, you know, if you don't have a tamale person, you still need the hookup. So. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So. Um, oh, my God. Yes. I was talking Wait, to. Tell me things. My friend Angela, who we're going to read a uh-huh. blog from her in a little bit. Uh, earlier this week, we were chatting on the phone. And yep. you know what she told me? This insanity. She, the fuck? she has know. never had a tamale. She didn't even know. Huh? What, she didn't know what wait, a tamale was. Wait, she, wait, 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 wait. My yeah. head. What? Right. How is that even possible? But. Are you? Are we going to send her tamales? No, no. Her and her wife are no. talking about because her wife went to. There's got to be a fucking food truck up there. Listen to me. Her wife went to law school in Oregon. So when they come back okay. and do like, uh, you know, mm. a reunion thing, then we're all going to get together because it's she's in Eugene. It's just a couple of years, couple mile or a couple hours drive from where we're at. So I'll, I will make sure right. she gets tamales. Okay, good. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Is that before or after the upcoming GCLS 2020? I don't know. I don't because think... if, if she and her wife are going to go to Albuquerque. Oh, GCLS, you can totally hook we'll them up. Yeah. Do the fucking best food fucking ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should, like, just keep that on our radar. Angela, and as you're listening Angela? to this, keep Guess that Guess what? Andy's your hookup. Yeah. I'm just saying. You got a good tamale person in Albuquerque? My God. Oh, my God. Not just tamales, but enchiladas. Fuck an A. I mean, this place that I lived, I lived off um, Old Town, which is the center of Albuquerque, for those of you who are not aware. It's the town plaza. And I lived about four blocks away. That was when my doggy Taylor was still alive. And Taylor and I would go, you know, to the plaza and I would, I would work on her training there so she got used to being around shit tons of people and that's why Taylor was able to go to work with me because she just got so unfazed about everything that she could go literally anywhere with me. We went to the airport together. I mean, she was the best dog. But anyway, there was this place down the street from me and it was called the Monica's El Portal and it has the best enchiladas and the best huevos rancheros. And every time I go to Albuquerque, I go there. That is like one of my first fucking stops. But there are also super legit tacos and tamales. And I know where the hookups are. There's a really great food truck, but there's also some like places that I take you. So actually, dear listener, anybody out there who wants a hookup with tamales, let me know. You'll hook them up? Fucking hook you up. In Albuquerque, five oh five. You know, if know. Tara and I make it to Albuquerque, which I don't think we will, but if we do, we will totally go for Dude, tamales should, with you. I hope you guys do. Yeah, I hope you do. I've explained God. why I don't think that will happen. Oh, so. I know, but it would be. Fun. Oh, it would be great, except for the part where you know, there are. Yeah. I have other I, priorities right now, so. I get you. I get you, and um, yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, so. Hey, whatever, just let me know. But yeah. yes, you guys up there have awesome fucking tamales, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I get my Angela, tamales from my, there, yeah, my regular tamale lady is amazing. She's the best ever. Best tamale ever had. We had a great ever tamale had. lady when I was living there in Albuquerque. Um, she would come by where I worked. I worked at a publishing house. And she would come by 
with our tamales like every day at like 11:30 and oh my god the green chili chicken mm-hmm. was fucking unreal and they were like 3 fucking dollars so yeah. I would buy like five and then have a bunch for like dinner and lunch and shit. Oh, you know what? My lady only charges like two or two and a half. It's like crazy. Those Isn't that tamales crazy? Are so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my. Is that where? Where is your tamale lady? She lives in Camas, which is the small town that Tara's parents yeah, live yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Joe, we were there. Yeah. RG and I stayed in Camas. Yes. When we went to your wedding. Yes, but she Camus lives is like. Cool. She's like downtown. I don't know if you were downtown, Camus, or if you were out, like, oh, towards yeah, we went. We went all over the place downtown. Camus yeah. is cool. Yeah, it's a cool it's little a town. It's a little place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's because they've got the paper mill there, so they've got some money, you know? It's the industry. It was, it's just it's just a really, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I hope I'm not dissing anybody in either Camus or Astoria, but it did remind me a little bit of Astoria, the way that it's kind of, like, there's these hills, and these cool ass Queen Anne's, and it's just like this cool little downtown. Sweetie, you I just, just really like you just described every small town in the Northwest. <laughs> I know, but it was just Camas had a really cool flavor. I don't yeah. know. I oh just, no, I really liked it. I like it too. I had there it's are other small towns that are better, but right. Well, if you go into and I don't know if you travel a lot, dear listeners, mm-hmm. and you go to different places, you invariably kind of like pick up a vibe. I know that sounds really fucking woo-woo, but whatever. Oh, you totally. Pick up a vibe, and there are certain towns that resonate with you and certain towns that don't, and that's fucking fine, whatever. Camas was just cool. It had mm-hmm. a really nice little flavor, a nice little vibe. It reminded me a lot of the town where I grew up in Colorado. Maybe that was it. Maybe, Maybe that was like, <clears throat> like I was just like, oh, wow, I could totally... I can, this is cool. This is familiar to me. My, my places that vibe really well for me. And these are like places that shouldn't, right? Pennsylvania. Love Pennsylvania. Right. Where where, where did you go in Pennsylvania, by the way? Oh, uh, it's a little tiny. We went to a couple of places, including Philadelphia. Um, and I loved it all. Pennsylvania is pretty. Yeah, it It is. It was gorgeous. I loved everything about the state. We went, we went. And maybe the reason I loved it so much is because we stayed with uh, Lynette May and her wife. Oh, well, fuck. They yeah. have a beautiful house. Yeah, their house And is it's a beautiful great. area. And it's a great town. Yeah. But dear listener, for those who don't know, um, Lynette May was, uh, she was a congressional candidate, a state candidate in Pennsylvania recently. And uh, she has been, she's an old friend of Jove and me, and she's a, a writer. And she and her wife retired to, they're both law enforcement. They retired there and built this beautiful house, mm-hmm. which is like, it's outside this town, and it's Pennsylvania has some great, great stuff, and it's pretty. It is yeah. so pretty. And Georgia feels really good for me, which is strange. And uh, fucking Arizona of all fucking places. Okay, I'm just gonna say that Georgia's a beautiful state too. It's beautiful, but it um, feels good. Which is really interesting to me. There's yeah. um, there's, I Atlanta. I really like Atlanta. Atlanta's fun. Um. Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is. Athens is a great town, and there are parts of southern Georgia that I actually kind of dig. And just so you know, friends, here's a little Andy weirdness quirk. I tend to be into minor league baseball. Oh, and that is weird. Macon, Georgia, just got a new team there, a new minor league team. Y'all, are you ready for this? They are the Macon Bacon. Yeah, well, of course. Damn they are. right, I have a T-shirt with Macon Bacon on that not? shit. It's got you do. It's got this 
joke. It's got a piece of bacon swinging a bat. It looks like a pissed off piece of bacon. And I'm just like, this is the best shirt ever. Yeah. Uh, I saw so- I saw a chick the other day with a button from Wisconsin. It was like a Wisconsin cheese manufacturer place. And it said, looking sharp and feeling Gouda. <laughs> Same that kind of thing, right? Like, just amazing. Yeah. That, I love that. That kind of stuff just rules the fucking world. It rules the world. So, friends... One of the quickest way to Andy's heart is to find the weirdest ass minor league teams and and just like, you know, bring me swag. I have also Savannah, Georgia. Have you been to Savannah? No. Beautiful coastal town. They just got a new minor league team. Are you ready for this, your friends? Savannah Bananas. Oh, well, that wins. And I have a hat. Thank you. (laughs) Just saying. Huntsville, Alabama just got a new baseball team. And Huntsville is known as Rocket City because that's where the space program is and there's a lot of science and NASA shit going on there. They named their team, are you all ready for this? Trash Pandas after the Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Right? Yeah. Right, I have a t-shirt. What? So anyway, how did we get on that tangent, Joe? What are we doing? I don't know. but Georgia. A beautiful state has its issues, but then what state doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, lots of great places in Georgia. And then you said Arizona. Yeah, shouldn't beautiful like Arizona. State. Shouldn't like it. I care. I, it but makes I like me it too. feel good. I want I want New Mexico to make me feel good. New Mexico does not make me feel good. Arizona does. Isn't that weird? It's weird. Well, New Mexico's an acquired taste. New Mexico's yeah. home to me, so I mean I get it. But I like parts of Arizona too. Arizona's a beautiful state. If we're talking like geographic and Tucson, I really love Phoenix is fun, but the city sprawls like for fucking ever. Sedona's beautiful. Flagstaff is beautiful. Oh my God. I mean, it's got such a great array of different geography. Arizona is a cool state. So it is. We're trying not to diss people's states, friends, because I'm one of those people who finds something good about everywhere I go. Yeah. Oh, no. You know what? My, 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 my complaint about Arizona is just that some really, you know, some really bigoted people manage to find their way into some very loud positions. But, you know, those people find their way everywhere. Yeah. And you and I know that. I grew um, up in Idaho. Magnified, you know. Yeah. Oh, Idaho. Oh, my God. I met mm-hmm. the coolest person. I met this woman from Idaho the other day. She lives in Sandpoint. And that's like, isn't that way up in northern Idaho in the Panhandle, Joe? Is that right? It's north. It's not that far north, but it's north. It's Uh, north of Coeur d'Alene? No, it's south of Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene is, is, well, you know what? I'm saying, like, I'm absolutely positive. I could be lying to you. Um, Remember, I I have here and then I have everywhere else. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Uh, okay, but anyway, let me continue my story. Continue. So she's from San Um I have been to Coeur d'Alene, which is gorgeous. Yeah, Holy Coeur d'Alene God. is... If you but haven't San, been, you need to be. Sandpoint has, like... She was telling me has, like, 8,000 people in it. And I'm like, okay, oh, so I grew up in a town of, like, 3,000. It is, so north. It is north of Coeur d'Alene. You're right. Is it way up by the border? It's, I have not it's been close. To there's... there's uh, it's... Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Coeur d'Alene's right. Right there. Uh, yeah. Coeur d'Alene is beautiful. Oh, my God. Idaho's beautiful, y'all. It is. It's, uh, and sure, it attracts, like, okay, whatever. It, it's a red state. But you know what? 
you can find it. Like I, like I say, I try to find something good about everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. In Idaho, Moscow has the University of Idaho. And um, I visited my friend John Oper there when they were still living there. And it was like, it's such a beautiful area. I mean, Idaho is amazingly gorgeous. And you go down to Boise and it's like, I have friends there actually. And it's sort of like, well, you know, Boise Jove, it's, it's sort of desert. It looks like New Mexico and Boise really resonated with me. I was like, Oh my God, I could almost live here. This is a great town. Well, once you get to like Boise, starting in Boise, I mean, you're looking at like that part of, of Idaho is high desert. Yeah. And, and, but, and, but Boise is so cool because it has the river running through the middle of downtown and it has one of the best green belts ever. Like it's a really nice green belt. So I think that's part of why I got really attached to Boise. I was only there for a couple days. But I grew up in a river town like that, a western river town. And um, for those of you who don't know, I also wrote a novella about a river. And so rivers really resonate with me. And so I, I think that's why I just got, I was like, oh, my God, this is like home. And then I wrote, you know, From the Boots Up and From the Hat Down, which take place in Saratoga, Wyoming, and Laramie, Wyoming. And Saratoga is a river town like the one I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And it just like, I don't know, Boise just like, I, it felt cool to me and so yeah it's a cool anyway what's cool friends time. vibes are important totally right joe yeah absolutely right you know so go to places and like figure out the vibe for you i mean it, some places are not going to resonate with you other places are yeah and that's cool it's awesome so it just is. like go find out what those places are yeah i don't know that's just that's my my take i'm not at all sure how we got off on this I have no... F- oh, it started with um, GCLS Albuquerque, and then we just wandered. Do you see how we do that, dear yeah, listener? Yeah, there were Christ. weeds, and away we went. So many goddamn weeds. What the fuck? Yeah. That's cool. Mm. So, y'all, just just so you know, I am drinking a rye whiskey that was distilled in the town where I grew up. The town where I grew up is now, like, this super arts place with, like craft breweries and distilleries now it's freaking me out i'm just saying anyway just okay. wanted to bring that attention uh, we do not though have tamales as good as where jove lives yeah i only have tamales that good because uh i i got the hookup with a specific person who up. makes them you i got cannot the imagine living where angela lives because i cannot right? imagine a world where i don't have a tamale lady like, there's something very, very wrong with this world she's living in. You know what she truth. said to me? She said, isn't a tamale like that that red thing that's on the end of an olive? What? Yeah, I'm like, no, that's a pimento. That's, that's not... a pimento. That's not even right. Uh, you know what? We need to help her. I Oh, I'm going to. She's going to come. We're going to feed her tamales. It'll be great. Good. I'm stoked about I, this. I love her so much. Angela, we love you, but... Damn, tamales. tamales. Yeah. Speaking of, let us do this. Speaking of Angela, August 13th, Angela Grace joined us. Hey. She is our resident Jove. Please introduce her. Anyway, Angela Grace is the most fabulous uh, person. She's a a, a a psychologist, a therapist, a life coach. Um, She... Yeah, but she hasn't she had tamales, and we're going to fix that. Yeah, she needs to have tamales. Desperately mm. needs to have tamales. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Hey, do you know? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. no go you ahead. go. No, you, you I don't, don't want to go. No. <laughs> I was just going to go talk about Angela. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Okay. So Angela comes onto the Women and Wears blog, and she always has some really good stuff. Uh, I love the way, and I know this is life coaching, Jove, okay? The way she, like, her blogs that she posts, because they're never intrusive, but they're always, like, there's always a lot of wisdom there that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. This was a really funny blog because she, like, recreated a conversation she'd had with her wife recently. And they talked about, um, you know, all the things that they're trying to do. And you know how people get busy, right? On the, You have the week and everybody's busy. And then the weekend you're like, maybe I can have some downtime. But no, something else comes up. So this conversation she had with her wife is like all this shit coming up. And so what they decided to do was... Boom. She says, for several months, my wife and I have taken Sundays off. Being small business owners, it felt like any spare time we could find needed to be spent keeping the house in order and preparing for what was to come. After the very first Sunday, we both could feel the difference in our bodies and attitudes. We were less tense, more open and relaxed. We now look forward to Saturday evenings when we begin the process of calming ourselves down, opening our minds and thinking about how Sunday will be relaxing and enjoyable. It's obvious now that powering our bodies down for 24 hours is critical to our health, to keeping our relationship healthy, and to prepare a clearer path for our work week. And what they do, friends, on that Sunday is they unhook from tech. That's one of the things that they do. And, Joe, you and I have had these conversations mm-hmm. that taking at least – a few hours a day to unhook and to engage with people face to face makes a huge difference in your state of mind. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes, I would. I I, I mean suck at doing ahead. it, but I would agree that it's <laughs> <You're right>. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She says that we read. We don't go to the computer, we don't watch the news, we turn off notifications, we just read books or whatever. 24 hours of breathing deep. We go to the lake or the park or we just stay home. Stay home. And I, but I know, Joe, that you you have a big family and I know that you take time to do cool stuff and to go out and about like you did with the tie-dye shirts craft thing last week. Mm-hmm. We do. We do, but that's... Um, I think everybody has their, their own different way of, of unwinding, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Yeah, we like to get I, out of the house and do something collective yeah. as a family. Like you know, today we um, got our uh, adult children and Tara's mom, and we went out for dinner. We went and had wings and pizza, and you yeah. know, and it was just a, a family thing where we all got together and just sat around and talked. And this Sunday, I'm going. We are all going over to my mother-in-law's because she bought chicken, and it's my job to make chicken strips now. So, you know, right this is on. this is what we do. We just make family time. It's really important for all of us. I so. think it's really important. And Joe, how often do you do that? Do you schedule like is that a weekly thing or monthly thing? What do you do for family time? Yeah. Uh, the the family dinner out, like the restaurant thing, we do that once a month, and we every month a different person in our family chooses the place. This month, it was my turn. I got to pick, so I picked the pizza place where we could all go and hang out and chill. That's and, fun. Yeah, um, but like um, just going and doing other stuff like. 
you know, tomorrow we're going to go to some family fun festival in the park and then mm-hmm. I don't, I, and do some other stuff. Uh, we do stuff like that, like once or twice a week. Couple which times. is, yeah, yeah, which I think is really, really fucking important. So, <laughs> excuse me, friends, make time away from computer news, all the crazy that is the current situations, and reconnect with your family members, your friends. Have a potluck. Have mm-hmm. I have a big fan of block parties so that you can get to know your neighbors. Some people aren't, but if you have, like, a potluck or, like, some kind of barbecue or something, that's a really good opportunity to get to know your neighbors. And guess what? You're not going to have this. You may not have the same political views. So the fuck what? Mm -hmm. It's important that you learn to just get to know people and get to know them outside all of that bullshit and, and, and see who they really are. Yeah, we do that. And we do that, like, spontaneously. Like, we'll just realize that everybody's around and suddenly we need to barbecue. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Right? It happens. And I'm a big proponent of that. And I think especially in times like this, we need to take time away from our devices and connect on really personal levels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, for more than just, like, your peace of mind for that kind of thing, I'm sorry, but there is no security system better than the neighbor who actually knows who belongs in your house. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So know your freaking neighbors, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to know everything about them, but if you get to the point where you can trust them to the point where you're like, hey, I know you're you're going out of town, um, you know, I'll I'll watch your house for you. Don't worry about it. I'll pick up your mail. I got this. Yeah, we're yeah. we're actually we're going camping on Monday, and the, the neighbor, the sixteen year old neighbor, is going to house it for us. So see, that's fucking awesome. That's one of the big reasons that you get to know your neighbors mm-hmm. and you can trust them on those levels. You don't have to go into political bullshit. You can just you like oh yeah, Ted will watch out for my house while I'm gone, and you say hey Ted, can you watch out for my house, and I'll take care of your house when you go to that fishing tournament or whatever the fuck in a month. And and that's what you do. It's quid pro quo, but it's also just, you know, you get to know your neighbors, you know the community, and you build bridges. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. I'm a huge proponent of building bridges. Me too. Me too. I like that about you, Joe. Thanks. I like that about you. So, Angela, thank you for that reminder to unplug and reconnect. Very important, especially in these times. But all the time, just Jesus, people, just reconnect. Get mm-hmm. off your devices and reconnect with your loved ones, yourself, and your world. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. August 14th, Val Lagab stopped by. Hi, Val. I think Val's in classes. She started her classes at Columbia again. She's I'll have to be. check in with her. It's got to be. It's mm-hmm. a, this is just the season, friends. People going back to school. And I've talked to a lot of my... Um, Recently, I just kind of, like, uh, talked to a friend of mine that I graduated with who was in high school with me, and she is an herbalist, which is kind of cool because then I can, like, contact her and go, hey, like, what do you recommend for stress? And she'll, like, totally tell me. But right now, she's like, I can't I can't help you this week because I'm taking my daughter back to school. Her youngest daughter is, is now a freshman in college, and I'm not sure if that makes me feel really old or really excited. I'm trying to figure it out, but 
you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, she's going back to college, and so lots of people are going back to college. And Val, I bet your classes, if they haven't started yet, they're going to start really fucking soon. And good luck to you. I'm going to touch base with you. Be ready. Yeah. So anyway, Val is one of the resident fangirls and readers, and Val reads a lot of really interesting shit. Yeah. So what she's yeah. been doing lately is fan art. Um, he's been kind of paying attention to fan art of particular fandoms. And Joe, if you and I are f- inveterate fangirls and are into the fanfic world and all that shit, what kinds of fan art do you engage in or do you do the fan art thing? No, I don't get it. No, I don't. <laughs> I love that. Because I'm like a huge Klexaholic, so I totally like Klexa fan art. I'm just like, fuck yeah, I will support the shit out of that. Yeah. I actually... No, go ahead. No, I mean, I, 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 I admire it when I see it, but I don't search it out because it makes me sad because I can't create anything like that. So I just want to, it makes me sad. Oh, well, shit. I'm going to just, I'm going to do a shout out here for a, a fan artist in the Klexa fam that I fucking adore. Um, she goes by the handle Paper Cat. That's P-A-P-U-R-R, Cat, if you are a Klexaholic like I am. And for a while, she was able to create calendars on um, Redbubble. I think it was Redbubble. And I bought the last two years of calendars. She had like a, you know, a yearly calendar and of Klexa art. And she is so good. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I wanted to support her. So I bought these calendars. And then the fucking Warner Brothers, or I think it was Warner Brothers, like, did a huge crackdown on um, fan art on Redbubble, especially regarding The 100, which is what Klexa is all about. And so now she doesn't, she's not able to do those calendars anymore. But I follow her on Twitter, and she's posted a lot of Klexa art and other art. And I gotta tell you, there is some fucking talent in fandoms when it comes to fan art. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you're mm-hmm. like, fuck, you're mind blown. But I, like... I especially with younger people, I love to encourage that. And whatever I can do to help young people like help with their design to like hook them up with with clients, whatever the fuck I can do, I will gladly do that because there is a lot of talent out there and I want these young people to succeed somehow with with with, with their talent to follow their passion and their dreams. So, yeah, it's very art. difficult yeah. to make a living in the arts and, you know, it's cool like you know, it's, it's like being cool. a patron of the arts. It's a cool thing to do. I agree with that. I, I just, yep. I spend my, I spend my, you know, art dollars in other places. But I'm a big, mm-hmm. you know, find the thing Heck you're yeah. passionate about and support it. Absolutely. I support local artists, too. I mean, wherever I go, when I, I and I travel a lot, Joe, if you know that. Yes. I try to find, if I'm going to be in an area for a while, uh, for example, uh, when I go to, New Orleans, I go to Jackson Square and little artists are always at Jackson Square and they always have their art out and I always try to buy at least one piece of art. I can usually get something for like 20, 30 bucks, a drawing whatever it is and I will buy that and feel like yes, I am supporting a local artist in this economy. And I know some people can't afford to do that. I'm lucky that I have a day job that you know pays me a decent salary so i am able to do that and that's why i try to support um fan artists too in any way i can you know what i'm a fool for street music street musicians 
fuck yes tell yeah. us about that no i just anytime i go by i've seen some of the coolest live music experiences like just spontaneously on the street at you know i saw yeah. this amazing 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 central american uh brass band brass drum band so you know they had the mm -hmm. the, the kettle drums mm -hmm amazing mm -hmm. oh and, yes fuck yeah and i saw just this last weekend i saw this amazing wonderful and this was brass but only like horns uh swing band what yeah that it was like a so full cool. you know there there was probably you know 20 20 chairs yeah i'll definitely wow. dro drop money in that bucket absolutely that's that's that stuff speaks to me that is that, but that's so fucking cool. Yeah, I love, I love that it. shit. I was in um, I was in Berkeley earlier this year. I, friends, I travel a lot. What can I say? And uh, there, I was walking across the Berkeley campus. Oh my god, I almost like fucking fell over. There was a taiko drumming. Oh, thing that's going super on. cool. Fucking, I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've always said taiko. It may be taiko. Please. Dear listeners, if it's not, please correct me and let me know which it is. But I fucking love it. It just, like, thumps through your soul. I love that shit. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Val. Sorry, Val. We got all crazy. You got us all anyway, excited, Val. You, got a, you presented a topic that we are into. We are into. So she says she came across fan art on Tumblr of an interactive novel, Fallen Hero, and she says, when nostalgia strikes, it goes for below the belt. In 2015, my cousin introduced me to a company, Choice of Games, and I was hooked immediately. I probably got 20 of their novels within days and for weeks kept myself entertained with choices that made my homo little heart bleed in a good way. So for this blog, I figured I'd introduce you to my favorite one, a novel that kicked my ass over and over again. And that novel is The Heroes Rise Trilogy. You play as an up-and-coming hero who has to navigate a playing field fraught with not only danger, but politics, relationships, and a deeper mystery that spans the entire length of the game. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. So, there's a spinoff called The Hero Project that has two installments, and she's just started to play Yep, Still Fun. She says, I know a lot of you are writers and readers, so I figured this could be a cool thing to try out. The company makes a lot of these novels, and it also hosts those made through their software, which is free, she thinks. There are cyberpunk games, historical games, sci-fi and fantasy games, romance games. There's at least four different pirate games. What? I like pirate and like, games. Right? And like eight detective ones, a billion fantasy variations. I'm certain you'll find a genre you like. And all, friends, this is very important, all have the options to play queer characters. Whoop, whoop. Yes. So Support that crap. Support that crap. Representation, representation matters in gaming, too. Thanks, Val, for the recommendation. I am definitely going to check this out. Yeah. I love recommendations. Oh, my God. Yes, me too. Fuck, they make me feel awesome. like I need to be doing more. <clears throat> I know, right? Mm -hmm. We should be doing. What should we be doing more, though? I mean, seriously. I don't know. A lot of stuff. Uh, for instance, did you know that you can go and do axe throwing with friends? That's a thing. That I I did know that. I clearly and need I'm to be doing to do more it. of that. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm do I'm doing it. Yeah, totally gonna do it. Okay, 
So if you get to do it, because there's where I am right now, there's no place to do it. Oh, there's a but few if, in Portland. Okay, if you do it in the next, you know, month or so, we need a report on the Women in Words Absolutely. Podcast. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Right. Definitely. All right, friends. Um, August 15th, R.G. Emanuel joined us for... I'm not sure I can pronounce this. Because I was I hoping you could because I know I can. Hold on. Hold on. Pistanthrophobia. Oh, my God. Oh, God that woman hot. uses the big, big, big words. That was hot. Let's do yeah. it again. Pistanthrophobia. I've been drinking. Yeah. I have an excuse. Dude, anyway, you what know, that means is she's go, got ahead, words. go ahead. She's got RG words. has so many goddamn words. I don't yeah. even know. Okay, so what that means is, friends, fear of trusting people due to past experiences with relations, relationships gone bad. Can I just say, Joe, that is like a major trope in lesbian fiction. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Or am she, I right? Yeah, but guess what? Life. Life? Yes, definitely. So... RG writes this because someone once said to her, you have trust issues. And her response is, why, yes. Yes, I do. My philosophy is pretty much that I will not trust you until you've given me reason to trust you. Until you've proven to me that you are trustworthy, there will be that closed door to my truth. That is so beautiful, actually. Mm -hmm. Closed door to my truth. I must sit with that. That's really beautiful. Some people may find that cold and mean, but what it really says is that I'm a sensitive person who can be easily hurt, and this is my way of protecting myself. Yeah. I think, I think probably everybody on this fucking planet has trust issues to one degree or another. Am I right? Oh, oh. yeah, for sure. But, you know, and, and it's triggered by things that don't really make any sense if you don't have that person's individual you know mm -hmm. experiences but yeah you can't discount trust issues well rg says the reason i'm talking about this is because i've been evaluating my life as one does from time to time and i sometimes think about in what ways i can be a better person that comment about me having trust issues has always stuck with me because i don't want to be a hard jaded mistrustful person those are not nice things to be. So how do we figure this out? Jove. Um, here's, here's the deal. RG, you're from fucking Brooklyn. The world expects you to be jaded. Oh, my God. This is a good point. Mm -hmm. I say this with love. Please don't yell at me because you kind of scare me. She kind of scares me. Introspective try to work around that instinct to not trust. Aren't people always going to therapy to learn to open up and trust others? Maybe it's not a matter of learning to trust, but learning to recognize who you can trust and then letting yourself do so. Yeah, that's I smart. Like that. mm -hmm. Okay, so Joe, yeah, I've known RG a long time. Yeah, like it's been nine or ten years. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, ten years, I think. It's been longer than that, dude, because Wyatt, right. was, oh Wyatt was little and Tara was pregnant with Noah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been a long fucking time. It's been a long while. Yeah. And so she's still around, so clearly she's gotten to the point where she trusts us. Yeah, well, Got her. she only gets me in very small doses. That could be why. <laughs> you, dear listener, RG and Joe have a very special relationship. Hey, did she tell you I made her a French rolling pin and sent it to her? 
Did really? Yeah, it's gorgeous. She posted pictures. You didn't see these? What the fuck? Yeah. What? Oh, girl. Miss. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, Miss Thing's gonna be hearing from me. Yeah, but you were really busy when I sent what it. What the fuck you were... ever? Who cares? Dude, she I posted it all over social media. I saw it. And I don't okay, ever get on social media. I have sort of been off social media for a while. I'm sorry. I've been like doing shit. Now I need to know and find this out shit out. Because I want to see pictures of this amazing rolling pin. Yeah. Is it amazing? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. She said it was amazing. It but she, she could just be saying that to make me feel better. I mean, I don't know. She could think it's crap. Fuck but no. Fuck no. She, you know, it's a, this is, dear listener, this is, Joe has had like daily, like, I don't know, daily, whatever, projects on her lathe. And so this was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I tried to keep it secret. Yeah, I think you did a good okay. job. Okay, cool. But now I'm really pissed off because Argy didn't tell me. That you sent it to her. What the actual fuck? Ugh. You can look on Instagram. There's a picture. I will, I will totally look on Instagram. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, RG, we get it. Trust issues are, guess what? Uni-fucking-versal. Yeah, they are. They are. And if you can find those people in your life that you know you can trust, fucking hold on to them. Yeah, That's hold on to anybody. them. Yeah, definitely. All right, dear listener, August fifth, August sixteenth. Jesus fuck. Um, guess what I remember to do, Joe? The book list. Yay! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> the August or the September forthcoming attractions are up, and the August I update. I always update before I post the book list so that I update all the stuff, the new stuff in August that I don't get to because it hasn't been like mentioned yet. You know, because when we post, it's usually the second or third. Friday, and then there's always books that come after that. So I try to update the August list as well, and then put the forthcoming September list as well. Friends, if you have a book that is coming out in September or was out in August and it's not on these lists, drop us a line at the contact link on Women and Words, and I will hook you up. All I need is author, title, and a buy link or an info link. That's it. That's all I need. So, boom, done. You're hooked up. Yay! Reading list expanded. Mm-hmm. Voila. Yeah, we like to expand that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So I love the list actually because I just I think I sent you one that I thought Noah might be interested you in. You did. No, you did. Website. You did. It was a website I sent because yes. I thought that was cool because this trans dude wrote a book. It's out, and maybe you can buy his his book. It's his memoir. Jackson. What is his name? Jackson Bird. I think that's his name. Yeah, I think but so. Yeah, but I just thought Noah might be interested in his website if Noah hasn't found him already because Noah is in the know mm-hmm. of everything. He really is. He's he really a, totally He's is. a really, really cool guy. He so is. Um, okay, so, yay, book list. All right, and August 16th, I did a slightly different kind of blog. Normally I'm fangirling or just being stupid. And this was kind of interesting to me, Jove. I did not realize there's been sort of this paper shortage going on and that it's affecting publishing. That's not even remotely surprising to me. I mean, I got this information because I subscribed to a newsletter of an agent, um, Kristen Nelson, literary agent. And, y'all, she has one of the best newsletters. So... She's out of Denver, so if you, 
I mean, I, I link, I hooked you up there with the website. She's a, it's a great newsletter. Like you can get into webinars, um, tells you like all the cool things like trends and they, they, they put, they publish a lot of genre fiction. They acquire a lot of genre fiction. So that's why I subscribe to it. But it's like, they tell you trends and shit that's going on. So anyway, this is a great newsletter, but in this past one, she pointed out that there's been like this weird ass paper shortage. And she says right here, 17 years in this biz. And just when I think I've seen it all, something new and unforeseen comes down the pike. Publishing is currently grappling with two issues wreaking all kinds of interesting havoc. Those issues are a paper shortage and printing capacity concerns. And those two are interrelated. So anyway, you can find out more about that on this blog that I did. And I was just like, what? Mind blown. So there's this, there's this series of books and it's about this dystopian future where, you know, paper is just non-existent. Like it's, you know, if you have, wait, 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 I gotta write this down. Okay. Paper paper books are like, you know, cherished. They're like, you know, they're really expensive and it's really impossible to get them. And there's no new publishing, nothing new happening with paper. So Uh if you get something Uh in paper, it's really old. And uh, in this particular dystopian society, chocolate is illegal. So there's Bootleg, bootleg chocolate yeah so uh but the series of books is by gabrielle zevin maybe zevin i, I don't know that. for sure uh z-e-v-i-n v-i-n okay yeah, i'm gonna this on our on our the roundup yeah and the, the first book is all these things i've done and the second book is because it is my blood and the third book oh, is yeah. the age of uh love and chocolate are these are these YA? Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. such interesting shit going on in yeah. YA. Yeah, super, super interesting. Fucking A, man. Some some pretty decent writing. I, I've enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And uh, in the age of love and chocolate, it looks like that uh, has been made into a like a TV movie or something. So. Oh, for real? I gotta check that out. There's okay. a link on uh, IMDb. So, but yeah, okay, sweet. It's all Good about tip. the the mob. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and how they traffic chocolate. It's like a prohibition on chocolate. That's really interesting. But um, in terms of the paper shortage, you know, people don't think about the publishing industry as kind of an ecosystem mm-hmm. and interrelated to you know in terms of authors, but not just authors and publishing, but readers, right? So paper shortages. Sometimes referred to as paper crunches, are often cyclical, though rarely predictable by more than a few months. But what makes this one, and it started last year, what makes this one different is its nature. Typically, it's a standard supply and demand sort of scenario. What's happening is almost a perfect storm of politics, business, environment, and technology that we haven't seen before. We're at a time when capacity is down, just as publishing houses from time to time go through mergers, buyouts, consolidation, so do vendors, printers, and paper. Paper has been a fairly dicey segment in recent years, and as a result, we have seen some mills shut, that's paper mills, retool or be acquired by a larger consumer. What that means is paper issues. Mm -hmm. So it may not be that the resource itself is scarce, 
but the pipeline through which that resource is acquired is experiencing difficulties. And then there are, I remember reading last fall that the tariffs that the current administration is pushing with regard to Canada is also creating issues because we get paper from Canada. Mm -hmm. And paper coming into this country from Canada thus has a tariff on it, which makes it that much more expensive. So what happens is publishers have to uh, postpone release dates on paperbacks. And paperbacks, you know, everybody thought, oh, ebooks, it's the death of the paper. Not really. Paper has, has continued to be really strong. But if you're a publisher and you've got like a debut author, say a debut who has no other books, they're going to like fucking diss you first as opposed to like the established authors. So mm -hmm. the debut authors are going to get hosed. And what that means down the line, trickle down, is that consumers who prefer paper, and there are, I know consumers who buy both paper and ebook because they like that tactile experience of the paper, they're not going to have access to that paper. So what ends up happening is your only option is ebook or possibly hardcover on bookstore shelves, and that shit's expensive. Mm -hmm. So that's going to cut into sales of books for authors. So you see how this ecosystem works. So in terms of supply and demand, it's important as a consumer that you pay attention to what's going on with stuff like this because it's going to affect your buying habits and that will then affect an author's work. Mm -hmm. So, boom, done. There you go. Yeah, what Andy said. It was fucking crazy because I remember reading about, about and I thought, that's kind of weird. It was like last... November, December, the New York Times or somebody did a piece on it about how some publishers were having to postpone release dates or like literally sort of um, like ration releases because they didn't have enough copies on hand because <clears throat> distributors and printers did not have enough paper to create the books necessary and holidays are super big book buying and having my sister for example is a huge tactile book experience person mm -hmm. and she likes to have certain books in paper so fortunately the books that she wanted for christmas i was able to get for her in paper but i noticed that there were stuff that was not available in paper or hardback and i was like what the fuck's happening and so i did a little look around and i was like paper shortage wtf man Mm -hmm. And then digging into it some more, I was like, holy shit, this could really affect long-term how the publishing industry responds. So just something to put out there for all y'all who read. Pay attention to what's going on in the industry at large because we are all connected. And this could be weird and it could get crazier. I don't know. But short-term and long-term effects, we're still trying to figure it out. Boom. But it's a thing. It's a thing, y'all. It's leading to uh, our, our dystopian chocolate-forbidden future. Right? Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, anyway. Joe, guess what? What? Is that it? That's fucking it, dude. You don't... Oh, wait. You forgot. What about mm, Jesse... That's Saturday. No, no, listen. Jesse Chandler uh, flagged hers as being a featured thing, so it showed up out of order, but it's from the 12th. We should talk about it. We should talk about that. That's Let's talk Monday, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she flagged it. Jesse, goddammit, stop flagging well, shit. Well, she's, okay. she's giving it away, so she wants everybody oh, to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's all. 
August 12th, friends, Jesse Chandler. We all love Jesse. Yeah, we do. Um, debut mystery. The title of this book is In Harm's Way by E.J. Kindred, plus a free ebook. Dear listeners, Joven, I remind you of this constantly. Women in Words does fuck tons of giveaways. That's the official Women in Words measurements, fuck tons. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Yeah. When you get that little notification in your in your inbox, go see if there's a free book on hand because nine times out of ten there will be. And who doesn't want a free book? I'm just saying. Yeah, and there won't I, be paper. Sorry. I know this author. She's a kick in the ass. You should you should EJ totally Kindred? support her. Yeah. Oh, for real. You should so support this her. is you should totally support EJ Kindred. So here Jesse and I love when Jesse does this. She does an interview with EJ Kindred. Mm-hmm. And the publisher is Launchpoint Press. Woo! Yes, who we love. We love. They're offering up, oh my God, either a print, what? Or an ebook for one lucky commenter. That's fun, print. You mm-hmm. see? Mm-hmm. We have some prints stashed away, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, let's. here's EJ Kindred's chit chat. Let's see. Here's her overview of In Harm's Way. I'd started In Harm's Way several years ago, but it languished, mostly for lack of attention on my part. I always had a pretty good idea where the story would go, but life kept me busy. Well, we know how that goes. Then Lori Lake told me about the Portland Lesbian Writers Group, which I joined. She was also hosting writing retreats on an Oregon coast. I went the first time without any clear idea of what I was going to do, but bit by bit, I started adding to the draft. Then at one of those retreats, Lori, MB, and you, i.e. Jesse, came to my room for a brainstorming session. I didn't know what to expect, but it was amazing. I came away from that with tons of ideas for the story. After that session, I had the entire first draft done in less than six months. Writing retreats, friends. Joe, you and I were just talking about this. Yes, we were. And we highly recommend them. Yes, we do. So... In Harm's Way is not the first mystery. It's the first that EJ got published. So it started with a question. How does a writer know if a novel is a standalone or part of a series? It depends on how much liquor I've had. That's how I know. <laughs> uh, for EJ, the initial answer was that the protagonist must have a reason to be in other people's lives. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. All this logic. This is really, yeah. I suppose that's why so many series are built around lawyers or police officers. I have no interest in writing from the legal perspective. I don't have the knowledge to write a police procedural or a detective novel. And so that left me with the amateur sleuth. Annie is a housekeeper, which puts her in the midst of other, others' lives while also keeping her on the outside looking in. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yes, it's super cool. So, friends... Here's a summary of In Harm's Way. When her father dies in a fire and the suspected arsonist is later murdered, Annie Vasquez comes in, oh, woman of color, comes under suspicion. In an effort to escape the stress and rebuild her shattered life while the investigation grinds on, she moves to a small town outside Portland, Oregon, and gets a housekeeping job. Peace of mind is short-lived when her employer is stabbed to death and an experienced detective is on the case. Who killed Dr. Wentworth? 
and what happened to the house chef, Annie's friend, Mo? Is there a malevolent force dogging her footsteps? Will Annie live long enough to find out? Dun, dun, dun. And EJ, friends, for those who don't know, is a retired attorney. Yeah. She ain't no pushover. Oh, she's a kick in the pants. She's funny. We like her. So, there you go. Jesse, thank you so much. I love your interviews with authors. Jesse Chandler interviewing EJ Kindred, her latest, or her, I think it's her debut. Am I yeah. right about that? It's debut. her debut. Yeah. Debut mystery in harm's way. Launch Point Press. Keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. Very cool stuff. And cool. that's it. We're done now, right? With Am that, right? we are really seriously fucking done. Dear listener. Ooh. This has been the Week in Review for Women in Words. Thank you so much for listening. I am Joe Bell here with Andy Marquette. You can find us online at womenwords.org. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment or a review. Help other lesbians mm -hmm. of the internet to find us. Uh, until next week, thanks for listening.